What's up? What's the deal? What's the deal? This your boy Gabe, Weapons of War Podcast. We are back up in here like we never left. I hope everybody enjoyed their Valentine's Day. If you have no Valentine, I hope you enjoyed yourself. All right, jumping into it. Not too long ago, we had a show entitled, I believe it was Restoration Before Resolution. Basically, it's speaking about, you know, how everybody has New Year's resolutions and they want to change all these aspects about their life, setting all these grand goals and things like that. And while that's great, we should always set new goals, desire to do things different and reach higher heights, new dimensions and all that. But my focus of that was it doesn't make sense to set new goals if you yourself are not changing. If you yourself are not complete within yourself, what's the point in making all these lofty goals? Because if you want new goals or new levels of success, so to speak, but you're bringing the same you into those new goals, then nine times out of ten, you're going to have the same results. And somewhere I believe that's the, you know, how true this is, is is the definition of insanity to do the same thing the same way, expecting a different result. Is that true? Who knows? But it's been accepted up to this point, so we're going to go with that. But I want to come from the from the standpoint of saying, I'm hoping that everyone did step into that space of restoration and just checking in. This is just a self-check, more so for us to look at ourselves and say, okay, it's the new year. We set our goals. And I'm not saying that if you have set these goals, that these goals should be complete by now, the midpoint of February. But this is to say, Let's take a look at ourselves to see our progress. Are we moving forward? Have we already dropped off? Because I know most of the time when we set those weight loss goals and I'm going to do this better type goals, you know, by the end of January, it's kind of fell off. By mid-February, especially after Valentine's Day, your weight loss goals have gone down because you went out, you ate, and you did whatever it is you had to do. and, And you're just, you know really back into the groove of where you fall every year. So I want you to sit and really ask yourself, are you still pursuing? Are you still working toward the goals that you had set at the beginning of the year? That was a little time for you to think about it. Now, the thing I want us to understand is, let's say that you looked at yourself and you honestly saw that you were not doing anything that was goal-focused or goal-oriented. It's not too late. I'm not saying it's to condemn people and want you to look at yourself in a place of guilt. No, this is just an accountability thing to say, okay, I set these goals and for whatever reason, I am not moving toward the completion or the fulfillment of these things that I've set within myself. And let me add, the very, very first and most important person, other than God, of course, that you need to stay in integrity with and stay accountable to is yourself. 
we make all these goals and things for other people and we say, hey, I need to be accountable to them. I need to be a man or a woman of my word and do whatever it is that I told them I was going to do. And a lot of times we don't put ourselves into that as to say, okay, I've set goals. There are things that I've told myself that I was going to do, that I was going to accomplish that for whatever reason I'm not doing. So I want us to be in that space to say we need to be more accountable to ourselves because how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you are not accountable to yourself, then nine times out of 10, you are not going to be accountable to anyone else or to anything else that you may have given your word to. So I want us to take this time to really evaluate ourselves, evaluate the goals that we've set before ourselves. And let's take this time to say, okay, what is really going on to why I am not fulfilling these goals? And I want you to know that it's a am not and not a cannot, unless you've set goals for yourself that are really just unattainable at this point. But for the most part, a lot of times we say things that can't be done, which translates ultimately to they're just not being done. Because I want to give us the benefit of the doubt to say that we're not creating goals for ourselves that realistically (laughs) we cannot accomplish. You know, if January, and I'm not saying anything about faith, but if January 1, or let's say in December, you had $5 in your account, and you said by February 1st, I want to have $20 million. Is it possible? Yes. God can give anybody an idea and things can catch and you could blow up that quickly. But realistically, nine times out of 10, things are not going to work like that. We have to do things that are progressional, progressive, rather. So I want us to really buckle down and first just for the sake of those who are doing this, look at your list of goals and see are you creating goals for yourself that are literally unattainable in the amount of time in which you've deemed that you wanted them to come into fruition. Once you've scratched those off or just set them to the side, put them in the parking lot area, then begin to look at the goals that you have set that are more realistic and you consider things that you could have, should have, or can get done. And then assess yourself. Because if you feel that these are goals that you can do or that you should have done already, look at yourself to see what it is that you are not doing or that you are doing incorrectly that are preventing you from achieving these goals. And you see where I'm going because I want us to put the onus on ourselves. I don't want us to look outside at external factors to say, okay, I didn't get this because of that, because of him, because of her, because of this, because of that. I want us to focus internally Because if you are really putting forth realistic goals, if you really sat down and you're saying, hey, okay, these are the things that God has put on my plate for me to do, that means that these things are attainable because nothing will be put on you more than you could bear. Now, while you might not have 
every piece for this thing to go to its fulfillment right now. But if you have set this goal, there is something in you, there is something that you have access to that will allow you to get the ball rolling. And a lot of times we miss out on a lot of things because we don't want to just get the ball rolling. We don't want this little nugget. We want the whole pie. You know, we want to just jump out the gate with a complete product when A lot of times God is saying, okay, let me first see if you're faithful. I don't want to give you a whole product that I give you this thing and that you're not ready for it. You didn't put anything into it, so you don't appreciate it. You're really not ready for what it does. You yourself needed to go through some maturation, which you would have encountered along the process of completing this project. No. We don't want the ball rolling miracle. (laughs) We want the whole thing. Forget a brick. We want a wall. Forget a wall. We want a foundation. Forget the foundation. We want the roof. Forget the roof. We want the driveway. Basically saying we want everything on the onset of everything. Basically, no one wants to go through the process. So let's also look at that and let's say, okay, Have I been tripping because I haven't had the complete project? Well, not rather the complete project. Have I been tripping because I haven't had every piece to complete the project? Therefore, I'm not even going to start it because I don't want to start it if I can't just go ahead and finish it. When if we think about it, if we started it, things will start falling into place for us to finish it. Like, for instance, I don't know who to accredit this to. I could probably Google it, but I'm not. If you build it, they will come. Now, my belief is that if God gives you an idea, he knows your current situation. And if he gives you something where you, at a moment where you feel like you don't have everything it takes to complete it, I'm pretty sure God knew this already and he's giving you what it takes for you to start it. And there is somewhere, somebody or some group of people who have a piece of your idea. But until you begin to do a work, then whatever in them won't be ignited. And there's no need for them to present what they have to give you because you haven't begun building anything yet. With that in mind, I would say. I hope that this is sparking something in you to realize that there are people waiting on you to begin doing what you were called to do so they can assist you. There are people assigned to help you fulfill certain things in your life. But if we're only looking at what we have right now and not looking at the process, then we're missing out on these people who are called to help us. And believe it or not, though God gave you an idea Everything that God has intended to happen is going to happen. Everything that he intended to be created will be created. And he's given something to you for you to be able to pioneer and to spearhead something. But rest assured, your timeline has started once he's given you that idea. And because you choose to not put that thing into fruition doesn't mean that it won't come to pass. It means that he's going to awaken that idea in someone else. And until he gets to the person who's awakened and begins to put their hand to the plow, 
you know, he's going to keep passing it along and then you're going to sit back and cut the TV on one day or listen to the radio or hear someone else podcast and they're going to begin presenting the idea that God gave you and you're going to sit there like, oh man, that was supposed to be me thinking about what you could have, should have, or would have done. And thinking back on the previous podcast, the restoration before resolution, this falls into that. Have you been restored past that, you know, defeated mindset, past that impoverished mindset that says that you can't do things because you don't have this or for whatever reason? Are you shifting into new dimensions of thought? Because if you're not, then you'll forever be defeated by that thing of saying, well, I can't do this because I don't have that or they're not going to receive it or yada, 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 blase, blase, blase. So I'm telling you now, let's shift. Let's begin to move. If you have one brick, put down one brick. If you have one Lego, put down one Lego. If you have one word to speak, speak that one word. Because once you begin to start making moves, then other people will begin to join. For instance, like Forrest Gump, he just started running. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what he was doing. He just started running. And because he started running, that sparked the runner in other people. Granted, at the end of it, he just left them hanging and went home. And I don't suggest you do that. But you get the idea. Once you begin to do something, if you build it, they will come. So let's not look at the things of what we don't have. And let's begin to look at the things that we do have. As a matter of fact, I have a question. I, I really don't. Let me start by saying this before I ask the question. I really don't like what if statements. Even when I'm speaking with my wife, I don't really like working in what ifs. Well, what if this or what if that? What if this or what if that? I like dealing with reality. But for the sake of this, my question is, why is it then that when we do what if statements, we always or most of the time, what if bad things? What if I do it and they don't like it? What if I do it and it doesn't succeed? What if I don't do it right? What if the right people don't help me? What if I don't have the right audience? What if I'm really not supposed to do this? You know, most of the time you hear people what ifing, it's what ifing something bad. Since what if from the jump is imaginary, since what if from the jump is just us peeking into the future saying, if this, then that. Why don't we ever take the time to what if from a positive space? Why not say, hey, what if I take this idea and push it? What if I'm successful? What if this is what the people need? What if I do this, what will come from it? Why don't we do that? And like I said, I know it's people out there who do that, but I want us to get into that mindset to think, have I been that negative what ifer? Is that why I haven't fulfilled many things because I'm constantly telling myself what if I don't? What if this from a negative space instead of saying, hey, what if, you know, everything is correct <laughs> and, you know, it is what it is? Because what we don't think about is, we take chances daily. 
But the what if statement in our head is only negative when it comes to the things that we need to be doing as far as purpose and as far as life. Because women, you let people do your hair. What if they mess it up? Dudes, fellas, we let the barber, you know, cut our hair, give us edge ups, do whatever it is they do. What if they mess us up? You go to the doctor because you need them to help you. What if they do something wrong? And while it is that margin of error, we go in with the mindset of saying they are going to do successfully what it is we're going in there to get from them. Whatever service that they're rendering, they are going to do it correctly. That's our mindset when we go in. At least I hope that's your mindset. I hope you don't go to the doctor and places like that thinking that, oh, they're going to mess up or, you know, <laughs> like the AT&T commercial when he's saying, okay, is not enough. I hope, I hope that you're not going to doctors and barbers and beauticians and whatnot who you think are just okay and it's a high possibility that they won't fulfill, be able to successfully fulfill whatever it is their purpose is in your life at that moment. I hope that's not what you're doing. But back to our negative what if statements. I want you to sit and think really to yourself and say, am I one of those people who do that? Because the negative what if statement comes from a comes from the space of fear. A lot of us fear moving on into that unknown And because we don't know what's going to happen, deep down, we want to be successful and we want to make it. But because we're unsure of what that process looks like and we don't know what to expect, we have the negative what if statement. And that's our security blanket and basically a crutch for us not to progress and to do things. And a lot of times those negative what if statements are fueled by other people. What do I mean by that? It's fueled by what you've seen in the lives of other people. You don't want to be in a relationship because you have a fear that your relationship won't be good because of what you saw in other people's relationships. You don't want to have kids because you don't think you'll be a good father because you never had a good father. So you don't know what it is. You haven't seen people's businesses take off. So you don't jump into business because you've seen other people's businesses fail or you haven't seen anybody's business succeed. So your negative what if statement is really linked to someone else. And I'm not sure which previous podcast I said this in. Failure is only considered to be failure when you quit. Because you attempt to do something and it doesn't give you the predetermined outcome doesn't mean it was a failure. It means that now you understand how not to do a thing. Because you think even the smartest people on earth, they get time and time and time and time again to continuously test things. Do this. Let's try it this way. Let's try it that way. Let's try it this way. Let's flip it this way. Let's add this. Let's subtract that. And they are not considered failures. They're just in co- making constant strides and efforts into figuring out 
whatever it is the problem is that they are they've been tasked to figure out so in that same sense when you are creating goals and deciding what you want to do with your life that's the same concept we should apply to ourselves just because we may initiate something and we don't get the desired outcome that first time that doesn't mean it's a failure unless we quit and decide not to go back but if you look at it and say okay why didn't this work why didn't I get the desired results from it and I go back to the drawing board, I do some prayer, I receive some insight, I get some wisdom, and I say, okay, let's try it this way. Let's do this differently. Let's add this to it. Then all you're doing is in that testing phase, attempting to see what works. And so we need to apply that to our lives and learn from that. Everything is a learning experience. And if you are learning from something, then that can't be considered a failure because Failing, in my opinion, would be something that you put forth effort in and you gained nothing. You didn't gain success. You didn't gain any knowledge. You didn't come out any wiser. Then, okay, then that probably just meant you quit or you're refusing to see those things in that, you know, disappointment rather because It may be disappointing that you didn't get the desired outcome at that first time, but, you know, disappointments are a point of life, are a part of life. That doesn't mean you throw in the towel or you give up because your success will eventually come if you persistently push it and do things in a systematic way. Now, this isn't to say if you just wake up one morning and just throw something together, you're not prepared, you didn't study it, you didn't look at it, God didn't tell you to do it, that things are just going to happen correctly because you keep on doing it. No, there's a process. There's a right and a wrong way to love somebody. That has nothing to do with that. It just fit and I just wanted to say it. But there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. You should be prepared. You should go into something with a strategy. If God gave you an idea or a plan, then okay, you take that idea and that plan and you look at what you have and you develop a system and say, okay, this is how I'm going to implement it because everything has to be done in excellence. It's not just about, oh, God gave this to me, throw it out there. No, there's systems and strategies and plans and A lot of things that go into, you know, uh, fulfilling your goals or achieving a desired outcome. So let's let's start there. So. Again, when you set these goals, look at yourself and say, hey. What is it that I have that can start these that can get the ball rolling, not complete the house? Not fix the complete car, but what can I do to get the ball rolling? And only focus on that. Once you become, let me back up. Once you get to that space where you're ready to break ground, then other people will begin to see. And again, it will spark something in them that will cause them to come and help you. That will cause them to pour into you. And you have to have a buy-in. Once you stop having those negative what if statements and you truly convince yourself that you can have success through what you're doing, then it will begin to spark that in other people. Because I guarantee you, 
if you don't have a, you know, a demeanor that says that whatever you're doing, that you're excited about it, that it's going to be revolutionary, that it's going to do whatever it is that you're saying it's going to do, and it's just going to be the greatest thing ever, then you're going to exude that. And the people who are called to help you, they may be excited at first, but once they get around you, you're going to pollute them. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to be the reason that people are turned off from your goals and your projects and your success because when they look at you, your actions aren't convincing to them to let them see that you really believe in what you're doing. You have to believe in it first. You have people to motivate you and you know you may get, and I'm not saying that to say you won't get down sometimes. Because regardless of how good things are going, sometimes you may feel a bit overwhelmed. And then there, there will be people, you should have mentors and things in place that you, are, that you can go to to help build you up. I'm not speaking about that. So I don't want you to think that, oh my God, if I'm pushing and I'm pushing and then I have this down day that it's going to deter people from helping me. No, I'm not saying that because everybody knows that, you know, things can get a bit daunting at times. But what I am saying is from the onset, if you are just lackadaisical about the things that you're supposed to be doing, if they're more motivated than you all the time, if you never keep your word, if you're just moving on turtle speed and really not being accountable, if you're not managing your time, it's going to begin to wear on the people who are called to help you. And while you were doing something that was ordained for you to do, it may not end up getting the results that you were thinking in your mind because you're being self-destructive. So again, that goes back to the restoration before resolution. Make sure that you are in the space to handle what it is that you are seeking to do. Make sure that you have a handle on your personal life. Make sure you have a handle on your mindset above all because things may be going seemingly perfect right now. However, a week down the road, a month down the road, a year down the road, things may begin to crash. But if you have the proper mindset if you are complete within God and within yourself, when these things come, they won't deter you from pushing through them and keep you from fulfilling your goals. But if you haven't been restored, if you're not complete within yourself, then as soon as these things come into your life that may be seemingly odd, awkward or bad, then it's going to completely shipwreck you. And if you are the one spearheading something, if it shipwrecks you, then it's going to shipwreck those who are assigned to help you. So we need to look at these things. You have to count the costs. A lot of people don't count the costs. And you have to make sure counting the costs means I get an idea. I want to do something. I need to count the, the monetary costs, the emotional costs, the physical costs. And the spiritual cost. What do I mean? Monetary cost. Is this something realistic that you can fulfill or even begin to do from a cost standpoint? Because things cost money. Physical. Can you physically do this? I'm saying the time that's put in, the work that has to be done. Are you willing to put in that physical toll? 
mental. You know what's already on your plate. Now you're adding another project to it. Are you able mentally to handle the trials of life? This, everybody pulling on you. If you have kids, okay, you have this project project that you're wanting to fulfill. You have kids, they're pulling on you. You may have a spouse, he or she is pulling on you. Now you have these people and this project, it's pulling on you. Mentally, are you able to handle this spiritually? Think about what you're doing. Is this spiritually correct? Is it bothering you spiritually? Discernment. Is this something that you really should be doing? Does does this go against, you know, what you believe in spiritually? Because we get some good ideas that, believe it or not, don't come from God. And just because it appears to be something that's producing dividends for us doesn't mean that it's the right thing that we should be doing. So we need to count the cost in all these areas to make sure that what we're doing is godly. You know, at least that's the space I always come from, because like the Bible says, what good does it do for a man to profit and gain the world, but to lose his soul? You know, and while some people might not believe that because you see people who have success at high clips and it appears that they don't, you know, acknowledge God or even believe in God. But the thing of it is, is would you say, hey, I I would like my earthly life to be lavish, but then at the end of life, go to hell. If that's something that you don't mind doing, which I hope it's not, then hey, that's something that we're going to pray for and we're going to ask God to remove that from you. But let's not just look at what people have and what people are doing and not look at the consequence of those said actions i tell people all the time do what you want to do (laughs) but make sure that whatever it is you are doing that you are willing to accept what comes with that we live in america well i live in america i can't say everyone who's listening lives in america but i do and we have freedom of speech and while freedom of Well, while speech is free, there still may be a consequence for what you say. So basically, freedom of speech says you have the right to say whatever it is you want to say. But the caveat to that is, depending on what arena you're in, what stage you're on, you have to be okay with what comes from you saying whatever it is you had the right to say. Because just because you can do something, because you can say something, in my opinion, doesn't mean that you should do that all the time necessarily. And I'm not saying that for people to say, take the coward way out and just sit and tuck your tail, but you just have to count. That comes with counting the cost. Though I can do this, is it beneficial for me to do this? And that's a personal question we all have to ask ourselves. But back to the topic, setting goals. I want to rewind a little bit. Once we got to that space where I said first we're marking out those unrealistic goals, then we're looking at the goals that we've deemed that we can, should, or should have already begin to 
start bringing into fruition and we're looking at ourselves and we're having these honest conversations with ourselves to say, okay, what is it in me that's causing me not to fulfill these things? You have to have these honest conversations with yourself because if you cannot be honest with yourself, then you are never, 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 never going to accomplish anything because despite what's going on, you are just going to continuously tell yourself something that isn't true, that doesn't line up with the results that you're getting. So we should always have a scorecard for ourselves. How people say not check the receipts. Everything we do when we get the outcome and the outcome may be shocking. Let's check the receipts. Let's see that we pay for this. If you paid for it, meaning if the actions, if you look back and you see that the actions you put in is what caused this, then yeah, you paid for that and you have to own it. You have to accept it. But at the end of the day, if you have the receipt, you could take it back. You don't have to accept it because failure, you keep the receipt and you wallow in it. You know, learning, progressing, you take the receipt and you say, hold on, take it back. This didn't do what I was intended for it to do. So let me take this back and let me get something else. And you keep pushing until you end up with a product that you are happy with, that you are like looking at it and you can see all the hard work. You can see all the late hours, all the physical things you had to put into it coming into fruition. And you can look back and you can be happy at the fact that you've accomplished something and that you see that your life is in a trending in a good direction. So basically, again, this is just uh, uh, an accountability check. I'm just calling in, checking in on you to see, hey, are you serious about what you said you wanted? You said you wanted your family to be able to take vacations two, three, four times a year. Are you really ready to do that? Meaning you said you want to have generational wealth in your family. You said you want your wife to come off her job. You said if your kids choose to go to college, you want to be able to pay for it out of pocket. You said that you want to be able to live a certain lifestyle. Well, my question to you is when you check the receipts, is your lifestyle, is your mindset, are your actions are they in line with what you're saying or are you out there selling wolf tickets? You're just saying things because it sounds good. And a lot of times we get caught up in that thing that I'm saying this because it feels like I'm supposed to say this or it sounds good. You know, it sounds good for a man to say, I want to be able to get my wife this and that. I want my kids to have this or that. I want to be able to live this lifestyle. I want this. You know, I want to be able to help the poor. I want to be able to feed the needy. I want to be able to sow into this, sow into that. I want to start a business. All those things sound good. And a lot of times that's the only reason why people say it, because when we get put on the spot, no one wants to say, well, you know what? I just want to sit here and do nothing. I have no goals, no aspirations. I just want to sit here and be lazy. You know what I'm talking about? Just sit here, man, just leech off of people, not make anything for myself, not do anything with my life. 
Most people don't want to say that. So when the time comes and they're in a panic and in a flurry, they just say, yeah, I want to do this and I choose to do that and this, that and the other. Well, I'm a person about accountability. If I tell you something, I want you to be able to come back to me and say, hey, what about this? What about that? I've learned that when you open your mouth to say something, you are giving people the right to hold you accountable. So let's stop looking at people when they come back to us and start asking for these receipts or looking at things and saying, hey, well, you said this and why haven't this gotten done? What about this? Whatever happened to that? Don't look at these people like they're hating or they don't understand or they're, you know, being messy or whatnot. If you put it out there, you give people the right to look back and say, hey, this is what you said. Any words you put out, you should expect those words to return back to you. How those words return back to you is 100% up to you. They could even either return back to you as in, man, you said you were going to do this and you did it. Or, hey, dog, I thought you said that you were going to do this and what's up? What's happening? We, we waiting on this, you know, because when it comes to businesses, if a business says they're going to do this, if a company says they're going to do that, if somebody other than yourself says that, hey, this is what's up, you expect that. And when you don't get it, you're not cool with that. If you go to a restaurant, you look at a menu and you ask for something that's printed on the menu. But when they bring it to you, they bring you something that's almost sort of like it, but not like it. And it's not what it says is advertising what they put out. You are going to have a problem with that. You're not just going to look at it and say, OK, well, at least they did something. No, you you're going to want answers. You're going to present their word back to them and saying, hey, this is what you said you offered versus what I received. So in the same sense, once you open your mouth and put it out there, you should already expect and be ready for your words to return back to you. The Bible says that God's words doesn't don't return back to him void, which means what he said is going to happen it never comes back to him that it's not going to happen or it didn't happen. That's why <laughs> the Bible also says Jesus committed himself to no man because he knew what was in man. So I'm telling you that this is going to get done. You might not do it. You might not do it. You might not do it. It might be awakened in the sixth person's mind and spirit who I gave this idea to. But rest assured, it is going to get done. So we have to be in that space of accountability where we receive everything as accountability and not look at it as people are pointing the fingers. People are doing this. You just hating. You just this. Let us get out of that space of being defensive. Let us get out of that space of being, you know, offended by everything. And we're humans. So there are going to come times where we are offended by things. But immediately once you recognize that you are in a space of offense, you need to catch yourself and be like, oh, hold on. Let's check the facts. Let me look at the receipts. Let me see. Is this offense warranted? Did I say this? Yes, I did. Did I do this? Yes, I did. Or no, I didn't. 
and then look at it from a space of that. Because every time someone says something to you about you, while they make you may consider it them hating, a lot of times they're not hating on you. You know, they're just telling you something that you don't really care to hear. And instead of taking ownership of the fact that you didn't come through, we look at it as, man, they just hating. They they don't want to see this. They don't want to see me come up. And while there are some people who might not want to see you come up, like I tell my kids, no one has anything. Well, let me let me rewind. No one can tell on you if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. So while you have these goals, if you're pursuing your goals, no one can look upon you and say anything about you if you are in position doing what you're supposed to be doing. All they can say is you're not going to make it or what you're not going to do. They can impress negative what if statements on you. But if you're progressing and moving and pushing, even in the midst of things that's happening to you and you don't stop, you're taking feedback and you're pushing it back in. You're taking what some would consider failure and you're taking it back to the drawing board, representing it new, fresh. You're staying in prayer. You're keeping yourself open and discerning what God is telling you in the moment. And you're applying that in action to the project or to the purpose and the plan or your goals or whatever it is you're doing, the only thing people can say about you is, well, the only thing people can do is impress negative what if statements because the process is the process. But when you stop, when you give up, when you do not produce and you leave it at that, you open yourself up to receive negative feedback. You open yourself up for people to say things that, you know, are wrong. But truthfully, it's just self-defeating because you gave them the ammunition. Quitting or having not just lackluster, but poor practices, poor habits, you give people the ammunition to fire back at you. So once you decide to do something, you have to count. That's part of counting the costs. Because if you don't properly count the cost, you are handing people the ammunition to fire back at you. And again, we're not perfect. So sometimes we will have those slippages. Slippages. I don't even think that's right. That doesn't even sound right. There will be slippage. We will fall off sometimes. But we have to take that in stride. Because I don't want anyone to think that I believe that we're perfect and you can't mess up. No, we're going to mess up. I mess up. Acknowledge where you mess up. And if your mess up involves someone else, then you have to be man enough. You have to be woman enough to go and admit when you messed up. Because most of the time it's when you mess up and you don't acknowledge that you mess up that people have the biggest problem. For instance, that same restaurant analogy, if you go to the restaurant, you order this and they bring you that and the manager comes out, acknowledges that, yeah, they messed up and (laughs) they end up, you know, fixing what happened. You're cool. But if you bring the manager and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is what it is. I didn't do that. It's you. Then you're really going to have a problem with that. 
But it's in that acknowledgement and being account and them being accountable to what they said that makes it all better. So in that same sense, again, we're going to we're coming to a close. I want us to look at ourselves, look at our goals, sit down, reassess, scratch out those things that shouldn't be there. Really look at ourselves, really get with God to figure out what our purpose is and that we can move forward and say, okay, what am I supposed to be doing right now? What can I get moving right now? I've counted the cost. I know this is what my purpose plan is supposed to be. So let's get the ball rolling and let's push forth knowing that there will be trials. There will be heartaches. There will be disappointments. There will be roadblocks. But knowing that I will not allow any of these things to deter me because I know I'm in the space where I'm supposed to be. This is the space God has me in. So this is where I'm going to be. And once you do that, you will see at the end, once everything comes into fruition, it will be that much more, you know, an awesome moment because you endured everything. You you've succeeded. The thing that you've set out to do, you have accomplished. And let's and once you do accomplish something, don't get caught up in the success because current success is the enemy to future success because a lot of times you can get comfortable in the space that you're in. You may be making decent money. You're taking these trips and you may have X amount of dollars in the bank and people looking at you like, hey, you know what? You're pretty good. You've accomplished what you were set out to. You have accomplished what you set out to accomplish. And while God is saying you got a couple hundred thousand in the bank, you're supposed to have millions, but you got comfortable. You have a couple millions in the bank you were supposed to have a couple hundred million in the bank, but you got comfortable. You were supposed to have billions in the bank, but you got comfortable. So let's never get comfortable in our current success, but allow yourself to have success by looking at your goals and truly being complete within yourself. Get yourself right before you even think about a goal. And it's a process. So once you're in that space where you're like, okay, I'm good, then you can press forward. And I guarantee you things will start working out. And I think I'm going to let you go on that. Again, this is your boy Gabe, Weapons of War Podcast. Feel free to hit me up anytime. The email is wildpod1, that's W-O-W-P-O-D, the number one at gmail.com. You can go to the podcast website that's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash weapons of war. It's a link on there where you can support the show. It's a link where you can give me a voice message and possibly be a part of the show. Well, you know why I am. We out. Peace.